What is good? It is Latoya Shari, and I am up at 2.41 in the morning because I feel like it's time to do another episode of Book Club. And of course, in continuation, we are reading Wouldn't Take Nothing for My Journey Now by Maya Angelou. Now, if you don't know, we are at the chapter that is called The Sweetness of Charity. Now, this is very important during this trying time. And so I wanted to read that in episode 107. I feel like, sorry, (laughs) I'm going to do that chapter plus new directions because I want us to think about what we are really going through in this state of the coronavirus and how some of us already had plans like I did myself for myself and my family. And we've had to readjust and we've had to depend upon the kindness of each other and strangers through this journey. But before we get into this actual chapter, I'm going to read um, a chapter that is going to basically be a palette chaser for this particular topic that we are reading about. Um, so we're going to take a short riddle and then we're going to get to that in a moment on Little But Fierce with me, Claire Hustle. We are back from the bristle and we are going to read a short passage from the Quran. And I know that there are many of you who are not Muslim, who may not even be religious, but this is more of a meditation um, for those of you to get your mindset in the right place for the story, but also to get your mindset in the right place for your life. I believe at this moment, everybody should get together and whether it is pray, meditate, sit in silence and really calm your nerves and try to focus all good energy and good vibes into your spirit I believe you should do some type of meditation to get you through and try to get yourself into a positive place on a regular basis but now more than ever with everything going on I really believe that you should go ahead and put yourself in the best place possible So I'm going to read this. And like I said, and I've said it before in my past podcast episodes, that I believe you can learn something from anything, even a kid's TV show, even something from just watching a frog hop across the sidewalk. You can learn if you're open to learn. This is all about being open to learn and carpe diem, which is seizing the moment. All right. So in this particular passage, it reads, Indeed, it is we who sent this Quran down on the night of glory. And what will make you realize that the night of glory is, the night of glory is better than a thousand months. The night the angels and the Holy Spirit descend by the permission of the Lord. For every decreed matter, it is all peace until the breakdown. 
Now, I take away from this passage that right now we are going through it. We are stuck in our house. We are feeling the pressures of wondering what's going to happen with this virus. How big is it going to get? Is it going to get as bad as the pandemic of the flu when it originally was first an outbreak or is it going to be less than can we get it under control with all these modern day medicines or will it take us even longer to get this under control because maybe our immune systems have been so super antibiotic hyper allergenic hyped up on all these medicines that now we are just becoming resistant to what's going on I don't know but everything seemed all good just a week ago like B said it was all like JC said it was all good just a week ago but what I mean it was all good at the beginning of the year we all thought it was great we were about to get some taxes we were working we were you know doing whatever we did with our families and we already had plans but God had a plan for us to humble us down and to make us more in tune with how life can really be. And whether you believe in God or not, you have to understand that nature versus plans don't equal up. You don't control life. You experience it. And so in order to really understand how beautiful life can be, you have to be open to these experiences full throttle. All right, so now I'm going to take a short bristle and then I'm going to get us in to the next chapter that we are reading about in the Maya Angelou book, which is wouldn't take nothing for my journey now. Um, the actual chapter is called The Sweetness of Charity. So that will come up after the bristle. What is really good, we're back and we're reading the Sweetness of Charity chapter of Maya Angelou's Won't Take Nothing From My Journey. Alright, so here we go. The New Testament informs the reader that it is more blessed to give than to receive. I have found that among its other benefits, giving liberates the soul of the giver. The seas and substance of <clears throat> a gift should be important to the recipient, but not to the donor, save that, but not to the donor, save that the best thing one can give is that which is appreciated. The giver is as enriched as the recipient and more important the intangible but very psychic force of good in the world is increased when we cast our bread upon the waters we can presume that someone downstream whose face will face we will never know will benefit from our action as we who are downstream from another will profit from that grantor's gift. Since time is the one immaterial object uh, 
which we cannot influence, neither speed up nor slow down. We slow, slow down and to nor diminish. It is an imponderable value gift. Each of us has a few minutes a day or a few hours a week which we could donate to a to an old folks home or a child a children's hospital ward the elderly whose pillow we plump or whose water pitchers we fill may or may not thank us for our gift but the gift is upholding the foundation of the universe. The children to whom we read simple stories may or may not show gratitude, but each boon we give strengthens the pillars of the world. While our gifts and the recipients should be considered our bounty, once decided upon should be without concern overflowing one minute and forgotten the next recently i was asked to speak before a group of philanthropists and was astonished at their self-consciousness the gathered donors gave tens of millions of dollars annually to medical research educational development art support, and social reform. Yet, to a person, they seemed a little, just a little ashamed of themselves. I pondered their behavior and realized that someone had told, excuse me, had told someone that only, that not only was a degrading not that not only it was degrading to accept charity, but it was equally debasing to give it. And say and sad to say, someone had believed that statement. Hence many pref- many preferred to have it known that they dispense philanthropy rather than charity charity. My bad, my sinuses are acting up. Anyway, um, I like charitable people and like to think of myself as charitable, as being of of a generous heart and a giving nature, a being of being a friend indeed to anyone in need. Why I pondered did the Benefactors not feel as I. Some benefactors may desire distance from the recipients of their largies because there is a separation between themselves and the resources they distribute as inheritors or managers of fortune rather than direct earners perhaps they feel exiled from the gifts then it follows that they feel exiled from the recipient 
it is sad when people who give to the needy feel estranged from their objects of their generosity. They can take little, if any, relish of their acts of charity, therefore are generous out of the duty rather than the delight. If we change the way we think of charity, our personal lives will be richer and larger. Wait. Our personal lives will be richer and the larger world will be improved. When we give cheerfully and accept gratefully, everyone is blessed. Charity is kind even if not bonus not itself it's not puffed up I probably said like two of those words wrong or maybe three sorry <laughs> sorry um so that was that chapter now we're going to read another chapter which is called new directions all right in 1903, the late Mrs. Annie Johnson of Arkins found herself with two toddling sons, very little money and slight ability to read and add simple numbers. To this picture, add a disastrous marriage and the burdensome fact that Mrs. Johnson was a Negro. When she told her husband, Mr. William Johnson, of her dissatisfaction with her marriage, he conceded that he too found it to be less than he expected, and he'd been secretly hoping to leave the stud the study religion. He added that he thought God was calling him not only to preach but to do so in Inrid, Oklahoma. He did not tell her that he knew a minister in Inrid with whom he could study and who had a friendly unmarried daughter. They partnered amicably, Annie keeping the one-room house and William talking most of the cash to ca- taking most of the cash to carry himself to Oklahoma. Annie, over six feet tall, big bone, decided that she would not go to work as a domestic and leave her precious baby her precious babes to anyone else's care there was no possibility of being hired at the town's cotton gin or lumber mill but maybe there was a way to make the two factories work for her in her words i looked up the road i was going and back the way I came. Since and since I wasn't satisfied, I decided to step off the road 
and cut me a new path. She told herself that she wasn't fancy. She wasn't a fancy cook, but that she could mix groceries well enough to scare hungry away and from starving from starving men. She made her plans meticulously and in secret. One early evening to see if she was ready, she placed stones in two five gallon gallon pails and carried them three miles to the cotton gin. She rested a little and then discarding some rocks, she walked in the darkness to the sawmill five miles further along the dirt road. On her way back to her little house and her babies, she dumped the remaining rocks along the path. That same night, she worked into the nearly early hours boiling chicken and frying ham. She made dough and filled the the rolled out pastry with meat. <coughs> At last, she went to sleep. The next morning, she left her house carrying the meat piece, the meat pies, lard and iron brazier, and coals for the for a fire. Just before lunch, she appeared in an empty lot behind the cotton gin as the diner as the diner noon bell rang she dropped the savor into boiling fat and the aroma rose and floated over to the workers who spilled out of the gin covered with white lint looking like specters most workers had brought their lunches from brought their lunches of pinto beans and biscuits or crackers, onions, and cans of sardines. But they were tempted by the hot meat pies, which Annie ladled out of the fat. She wrapped them in newspapers, which soaked up the grease, and offered them for sale at a nickel each. Although business was slow for those for Although business was sold the first days, Annie was determined. She balanced her appearances between the two hours of activities. So on Monday, if she offered hot pies at the cotton gin and sold the remaining cold down pies at the lumber mill for three cents, then on Tuesday, she went first to the lumber mill, presenting fresh, just-cooked pies to the lumbermen covered in sawdust emerged from the mill. For the next few years, on balmy spring days, blistering summer noons, and cold, wet, wintry middays, Annie never disappointed her customers and would count on seeing the tall, brown-skinned woman bent over her brazier, carefully turning the meat pies when she felt certain that the 
workers had become dependent on her. She built a stall between the two hives of industry and let the men run to her for lunchtime provisions. She had indeed stepped from the road which seemed to have been chosen for her and cut herself a brand new path. In years, that stall became a store where customers could buy cheese, meals, syrup, cookies, candies, writing tables, pickles, canned goods, fresh fruit, soft drinks, coal, oil, and leather, soles for worn-out shoes. Each of us has the right and the responsibility to access the road which lie ahead and those over which we have traveled. And if the future road looms ominous and unpromising, ominous and unpromising, and the road back uninviting, then we need to gather our resolve and carry only the necessary baggage. Step off that road into another direction. If the new choice is also unpalatable without embarrassment, we must be ready to change that as well. Ooh. Now that is dope. I'm going to take a short breath. I'm going to come back with my thoughts. Okay? What is really good? We are back from the Brazil, and I really like the last two chapters we just read, um, especially the last one. Like, I love the first one, which was about giving the charity and understanding how and why it's important to give to charity and doing it for the right reasons. But I feel like that last chapter really spoke to me because... It was all about what I've been thinking about lately, which is going in a new direction. With the coronavirus being here, there are a lot of things that a lot of people are worried about. They're worried about their jobs. They're worried about will they be able to go back to work? Will they have that job at all to go back to? Um, They're worried about what should I do if I can't get it anymore? Should I you know, go to start working at a fast food restaurant. Should I try to find an online job, I bet? <laughs> what should I do next? Like, what is my next option? And sometimes your best option is just something that you've already been doing and you're kind of good at or you're pretty good at or you're really good at that you can turn it into something bigger than yourself. It starts small. It's little, but it's fierce. It starts in your happy place. It starts at home, something small, and then it builds up. You know what I'm saying? You have to realize that it is so important to get it out the mud. It's so important. It's so important to make sure that where you're starting from is something that's actually going to make you feel happy. You can't force yourself into something that you don't want to do. Because right now, I'm like, hey, maybe I should go do this. Maybe I should go do that. But for some reason, I know that that's not what I want to do. I know that there's a better path. 
And God somehow is putting me there. And something's going to happen with the right amount of work and ethic and persistence and just overall execution that will get me there. And I feel like it's the same thing for everybody. We're all faced with this. If you're an adult and you have, you're over the age of 18, you have your own place, or even if you're 18 years old and you're staying at your parents' house, if you're grown and you graduated from high school, you're faced with the decision of what am I going to do next? And if you're grown and you have a family, whether you're married or you're in a long-term relationship, which I call, you know, married anyway, you have to really think about, okay, what am I doing next? And you also have to think about your happiness as well. It's a lot of thoughts that go into it, but it's quite simple. When it happens, it will almost be like meeting your soulmate. It'll just happen. I believe that. I honestly believe that when something's meant to happen that's bigger than you, it will just happen. Especially if it's something great. It'll happen naturally. Sometimes you may have to go back and forth with it, but it will happen. And so that is so important when you are thinking about what's going on with your life now. This COVID-19 virus is serious. And staying at home can bring opportunities that you never heard of before that you would have never thought about had you would have been staying working at that job that you were working at. So keep an open mind and an open eye and realize what you have inside of you that you can utilize to be something great. You may be great at making music and you may all of a sudden start going on different apps, different radio apps, different podcasts, different YouTube um, channels and premiering your own music and start making money off of that. You may be great at accounting and you may find out that there's some online businesses that want an online accountant. Whatever the case may be, Make it work for you. Well, guys, I'm about to close it out. But remember, guys, whatever you do, make sure that this is your happy place. And whatever you do, remember that when you love what you have, you have everything you need. Until next time, you guys, smooches. Peace.